Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. My sister had an emergency surgery. It was something that uh, she had not prepared for uh, financially. She had insurance, of course, but, you know, they don't pay at all. And so she had to, after that surgery, she had to go through a, a meeting with the doctors, uh, the, the financial people there in their office, in order to set up payments. And so here was an extra couple hundred dollars a, week, uh, a month coming out of uh, her budget that she had not planned. And so she said that uh, at the beginning of December of that year, she got her statement and she opened it up and was getting ready to send the, her payment into that. And she noticed that the balance said zero. And she's like, oh, you know, she works in the medical field too. And she knew that there's somebody had made a mistake. So she called the doctor's office and the lady pulled up her records. And as they pulled up her records and looked and, and the lady says, oh, well, I can explain that. She says, well, please do. She says, every year our doctor goes through files and decides people that he would like to forgive their debt. And you're one of those people. Your debt has been forgiven. Your balance is zero. Wouldn't you like to have that news? Amen. Wasn't that awesome? People still do that. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been forgiven? Have you ever been forgiven? Because that pressure that my sister felt financially was this burden, this cloud over her head. It was like every month the statement come. She knew she had to pay the bill. All of a sudden was removed. And she was cheerful. I mean, she doesn't get excited about a whole lot, but she got excited about that. She let all of us know that she, was, she had been forgiven, been pardoned, and she was free of that debt. Amen. And that's what forgiveness does. I want to share four words with you today that have the power to change your life forever. If you can embrace them, adopt them, and you can live them, then you yourself can find freedom like you've never had before. These four words are coming up. I'd like for you to say them with me on the screen. You ready? They're coming up. Let's say them out loud. Here we go. You ready? Come on. Forgiven people, forgive people. If you can embrace that. We're going to talk about forgiveness today, and it's a tough subject. It's a very difficult subject. And it's one that all of us in this room struggle with. So today's not the message that you say, oh, boy, I wish they was here. They could have got this. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to me, because every one of us struggles, right? Amen. It's such a struggle. I, I was listening to, uh, uh, I was at my father-in-law's house. He had the news on, and this lady come on the news, and she said uh, uh, they were interviewing because her, her son had been murdered a while back, and, and uh, the, about the investigation had been going on a couple of years, and they thought they was close to finding the person. And she says, you know what? This lady says, I... I hope that uh, they don't find him and put him in jail because if he goes to jail, he's probably going to get saved and go to heaven. And I want him to go straight to hell. I was like, wow. And what was so funny about that, she had a Bible behind her. 
But that's sort of the way we feel at times, isn't it? And so the question that I have and that you have is how do I forgive? And I think today has the potential to change your life. I really do. Because what I'm going to share with you is I'm a practitioner of, in other words, I discovered this about five years ago and it set me free. And I hope it'll do the same for you. So let's get started. The first thing is this. How do I forgive? Number one is receive God's forgiveness. Receive God's forgiveness. Because you'll never be able to give what you do not have. Look at, the, look at the Bible. Look what the Bible says here in 1 John 1 and 9. Let's just read that first part that's underlined. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. If we confess our sins. So the key word there is the C word of confess. Would you circle that word? If we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins because we can trust God to do what is right. Now, here's another one. Let's read what's underlined here. You ready? Come on. He will cleanse us from all the wrong we have done. There's another C word there that's very important. It's, it's the word cleanse. Would you circle that word? So when we confess, our job is to confess, and jo God's job is to do what? Cleanse, right? It's to cleanse us. I just want to be uh, transparent. I've struggled at times with believing that God really forgave me. Have you? Amen. I mean, there's some been times that because if, if God really forgave me for something, then why would I think about it? And it comes to my mind. So I want to, I want to share with you a, an example this morning. This, this board is our, our page in heaven. This is where God, you know, it keeps that sheet, like somebody said. You know, he's writing it down. And so when we sin, I'll just write it right here. When we sin, it goes on our record, right? I mean, it's, it's bad. So when we ask God to forgive us, we confess it. Oh, God, I did this. I lied. I cheated. I stole. You know, I, I, I was unfaithful. I, I did this. Whatever. I murdered. Whatever it is, we confess it. And we feel like that God does this. He just sort of scribbles it out. And so when we feel like that God just scribbles it out because that's the way we do when people sin against us, we don't really forget it, do we? The truth of the matter is they got a little mark on them, a scarlet letter, don't they? Oh, we for oh I forgive you, I forgave them. But secretly, it's there. And no matter what you try to do, you can't get rid of it, can you? You can pray about it, think I've done it, but it's still in your mind. And so most of us, we, we feel that God is the same way. That God just tries to scribble our sins out. So therefore, because we can't forget it when people sin against us and we can't forget what we did, we think that God can't forget it either. I know what the Bible says, but there's no way. But notice what he says. The Bible says that when we confess our sins, that he will cleanse us of our sins. So God doesn't just scribble our sins out. God takes his little wipey and he just wipes it right out. He just cleanses this over and over and over. Look at there. Now, you, you can, you can still envision that word sin on the board because you saw it. But to everybody else that walks in here and they, they see this board, what do they, they just see a board that's been cleansed. It has nothing. That's exactly what happens with God. 
is that when you confess your sin, he cleanses you of everything. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see your scribbled out sin. He sees cleansed, gone, nothing there anymore. And you can just let it go because God has. Isn't that great? Okay, I didn't excite most of you. That set me free. See, here's a problem. Just because I think about my past sin does not mean that God thinks about my past sins. And just because you think about your past sins, it does not mean that God thinks about your past sin because just like you're incapable of forgetting what's happened to you, God is very capable of forgetting what's happened to you. And he can cleanse you of everything. Amen? And you're clean today. Before God, I don't care what you've done. If you said, God, forgive me, the Bible says that he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And when he looks at you, he sees you as clean, not as marred, not as scarred, not as messed up. He sees you as whole as the child of God. He looks at you just like he looks at his son, Jesus, pure, holy, and righteous. How about that? Isn't that good news? So... I want to ask you a question. Have you received his forgiveness? Because until you receive it, it can't be cleansed. You've got to receive his forgiveness. Say, God, I receive you into my life. You see, you will never have peace in your life until you have peace with God. That's where peace starts at. And if you don't have peace with God today, I want to invite you into our program. There's a prayer that's right there. And this prayer, I'm going to read it to you today. I normally just tell you to look at it, but I'm going to read it. And if you want peace with God, you start right here and you say this prayer. And you mean it in your heart. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. And I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And that's the beginning of a new you. And today when you do that, I want to ask you just to check on the back of this card. It says, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Now, look what Isaiah says. So you don't just take my word for it. Isaiah says this. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and what? Let's read the last part of that. You ready? Come on. Remember your sins no more. How about that? Can you accept that today? Can you, re- can you accept that God doesn't remember your sins anymore? That thing that won't get away, get out of your mind, and you, you get this sick feeling every time you think about it, God doesn't remember. And here, I've got a word for you from God. God has asked me to tell you to please stop telling him about something in your past because he doesn't remember it anymore. Amen. I'm more excited than you are, I can tell. <laughs> I know I'm just talking to angels today, see. Nobody's messed up but me in this room. Watch that amen. (laughs) Let's put our four words up again. You ready? Come on. Let's say them together. Here we go. Forgiving people, forgive people. How to forgive. Number two, would you write this down? Oh, my goodness. This is so good. Release the guilt and shame. Gee, Louise. Release it. You see, it's okay for you to have a past. You just can't let your past have you because it'll hold you down and drown you. There's two things that hold us when we think about our past is guilt and shame. 
And the, and the Bible says that when God has forgiven us, he releases us and he removes the guilt. Look what the Bible says, Acts 13 and 39. Everyone who trusted him, talking about Jesus, everyone who trusts in Jesus is freed from all what? Guilt. All guilt. And look what he says. And declared righteous. That's what I'm telling you. Every time that God thinks about you, because when you confess your sins, you look just like Jesus to him. You, you are pure and righteous because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, so, so there's, a difference, there's a difference between shame and guilt. Guilt is this. Guilt is, is feeling bad for something that I've done or that I didn't do. Like, you know, uh, you think about something, a behavior that you did, that you've you done something, uh, you know, that sexual encounter you had, you wish you hadn't had it, and you feel guilty over that. Or something that you didn't do, maybe someone was bullying, bullying you or one of your family members, and every time you think about it, you think, I should have jacked that person up. You ever, you ever feel guilty for stuff like that? Oh, become a parent, and you'll start feeling guilty about stuff you didn't do. You know, oh, man, I should have done that better. I should have done that. So that's guilt. Shame is different. Shame is this. Shame is when, uh, where guilt says, you know, I should have done this. It was behavior. Shame says, I'm a bad person. Shame, shame says that I'm the problem. Shame says I am, I am a sorry person. Shame says I am a mistake. And so shame goes from a, a behavior to all of a sudden it's me. I am that. And every one of us in this room have been told in our lives, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And the problem is this, is that we've been ashamed ever since. We live with shame. You're not good enough. And that's what shame says. The first thing that shame will tell you is that you're not good enough. And who do you think you are? Because I remember what happened to you when you was growing up. And I remember what you did. And you're not, you're not a good person. You're a bad, bad, bad boy. That's exactly what shame says to you so that you cannot go forward in your life. And every time you think about pursuing a new, new track in your life, shame sticks its head up and tells you how ugly you are and how, how you're not accepted by people, that you are a horrible person. And that's what shame does, and it'll kill you. Shame shows itself in, uh, ladies, it shows itself up in your life. It's my understanding when you, when, when you feel like you can't live up to the expectations. That's when shame shows up in your life. Like you should be superwoman, right? This started in the, in the late 1970s. We saw a commercial that was a perfume commercial that come on, it went something like this. It said, ba-ba-da-ba-bum, bring home the bacon. Ba-ba-da-ba-bum, fried up in the pan. I never ever let you forget you're a man because I'm a woman, right? <laughs> thank you, thank you. I just put myself out here for you. I just want you to know that. I would never humiliate myself or anybody else but you. I told somebody I was going to show the video of that, but it was poor quality. He said, well, what we saw today was poor quality too. <laughs> you know what I said? Shut up. <laughs> I don't know how much perfume that commercial sold, but I'm sure it sold billions of dollars of antidepressants. Because, ladies, when you feel that expectations that you cannot meet, 
you know, work all day, take care of the kids, and make sure you're the greatest lover in the world, and, and all of this, it's just too much. And it brings shame when you feel like, when you see everybody else and, and, and what all they're doing on social media, it makes you feel shameful. Men, ours comes in when we feel weak. When we feel like that we cannot do what we should be able to do, all of a sudden we become, we feel ashamed. Ladies, you need to understand this as well. Is that your man feels ashamed when he feels like he can't do what he should be able to do. It's a shame that comes on. It started with us on the playground, you know, with sports and things. Is that when we were not the greatest, when we were not the greatest athletes like, like we thought we should have been, instead of just, you know, feeling bad, we felt ashamed. Something's wrong with us. And shame is something that we have to deal with. And Jesus had to deal with this shame as well. Look what the Bible says. Hebrews 12 and 2. We must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the what? Shame. Notice that. Jesus endured the shame of being nailed to a cross because he knew that later on he would be glad he did. Now he is seated at the right hand of God's throne. Why did, why did Jesus feel shame? Because the cross is all about him becoming weak, right? Listen, he had the power of God. I'm glad that, you know, he had the power of God. And I'm telling you, in that moment, he could have chosen to take everybody out. And I'm so glad that I don't have the power of God like that because one-third of the population wouldn't exist. <laughs> I mean, wonder, what, aren't there some days that you just take some people out? I'm like, you know what, I want you to go to heaven, I want you to go to hell, but out of here now. <laughs> if I had the power of God, that's what it would do. You can tell I've got to do, work on this forgiveness stuff, right? <laughs> But what is it that heals? What is it, what is it that takes away guilt and shame? What is it that, that takes that away? It's one word, and that is empathy. Having empathy. Because here's the problem. I'm not an empathetic person. I stink at this, and I'm trying to get better at it. Because my tendency is to come in and say, when you talk to me, and say, oh, yeah, oh, I'm so, oh, man, I'm sorry that happened to you. But here's three things you can do to get better. And many of us in this room are like that. We, we stink at this. And here's the problem. If, if I can't empathize with you, your spouse can't empathize with you, your parents can't empathize with you, your children can't empathize with you, nobody can empathize with you. Here, I have good news for you because we have someone that can. Look what the Bible says. Hebrews 14 and 15. We have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who can be touched with the what? With the feelings of our infirmities. You know what that means? That word infirmities means a, a sickness, a pain, an emotional scar, a wound, a difficulty. Jesus can be touched by your feelings, whatever's ailing you, whatever feelings you're having. And he goes on to say this, but was at all points tempted like we are. He knows every temptation you've ever been through or anybody else has been through, been tempted like we are, yet with what? Without sin. Without sin. Now, oh, watch this. Here we go. So Jesus knows what it feels like to be tempted, and Jesus knows what it feels like to be overwhelmed. Would you agree with that? Remember, remember that right before he went to the cross, how that he asked his, his, his people that were close to him, hey, listen, I want you to come and pray for me because the pressure's on, pray with me. And he went out to pray, and the Bible says he would come back, and all those jokers were asleep. 
He feels, you know, he's like, hey, I'm about to die here. And he had so much stress that the Bible said his sweat became blood. Remember that? So Jesus was overwhelmed. Jesus knows what it feels like to be overwhelmed. He knows what it's like for all those that say, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be here with you the rest of your life to walk out on you. He understands all of that, right? He knows what it's like for people to hate you. Hate you. He knows what it's like for people to beat you up. He knows what it's like for people to put a whip to your back. He knows what it's like for someone to, to murder you and, and kill you and crucify your character and not only your body. He knows. He understands every feeling that you have. And watch, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus knows what it feels like to sin. Oh, you got to hear me because you're like, oh, pastor, I thought Jesus never committed sin. He did it. But he knows what it feels like to do that. You know why? Look at this picture of the cross. You see this picture right here? That picture is because Jesus carried your feelings of sin to the cross. He knows what it feels like to sin because when he was on the cross, he carried our sins there. And while he was on the cross, he knows what it feels like to feel like his father's a million miles away because while he was on the cross, Jesus said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me, God? Where are you? Why aren't you here with me right now? Why? Because he took your sin on, on him. He knows what every sin feels like. He knows what every temptation feels like. He knows what it's being overwhelmed feels like. He knows what it feels like to be rejected. He knows knows every feeling that you're having. So you have a, a person that's seated right beside God that when you pray, he leans over and says, Father, I know what it's like to go through that pain. I know what it's like to go through that pain. And God Almighty has a heart for you. And he comes down in a supernatural way and he puts his arms around you. You can't see it, but he's hugging you. He's embracing you. He's carrying you when you can't go any further. God Almighty is with you you he's with you he feels it all Jesus feels it all Jeff doesn't and your husband doesn't and your wife doesn't and your children don't and your parents don't feel it nobody feels it but Jesus Christ promises he knows your pain he feels it and he says I am here I'm here and if you can receive that and embrace that, then you, you know you're never alone because he understands that. Jesus understands that. Remember our four words? Let's say them again. You ready? Come on. Here they come. Forgiven people, forgive people. Forgiven people, forgive. Okay. How to, the, the number three is this, is how to forgive others. Or how to forgive, number three is forgive others. Forgive others. Oh, this is so good. Colossians, look what it says. Would you read those first four words out loud? Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Bear with each other and what? If any of you has a grievance against someone, let's read this last part together. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Why do I need to forgive? Because I don't want to forgive. Do you want to forgive people? I don't. I just don't want to do that. Like you hurt me, I want to hurt you back. And matter of fact, I might not can get you now, but I'm thinking about how I can get you. Right? I mean, how, is that your natural response? Oh, no, you're angels, right? I forgot about that. No, no, no. No, when someone hurts you, it's your natural response to want to hurt them back. But the Bible says forgive. Why should I do that? Why? I'll tell you why. Because God asked me to, but why did he ask me to? Is because here's a reason. 
if you are super mad and hurt and offended at your parents, you're never going to be able to love your children 100%. You're never going to give them 100% of your heart. Because why? Because your heart is, is, is that unforgiveness is taking up space in your heart. And therefore, you can never give 100% of your heart to the people that you want to love. Do you see that? So it's for your good that you forgive. Because unforgiveness takes up room in your heart. And so therefore, you can never give 100% of yourself to somebody else. And that's your problem right now. That's, what, that's, what, that's what's going on right now in your life. The reason that you can't move forward in your relationship and you're stuck is because you have unforgiveness in your heart and it's taking up space and you just can't give, go all in. So that's why we have to forgive is it keeps us from going all in. It keeps us from going all in. So forgiveness allows love, uh, or let me say this, forgiveness allows you to love with 100% of your heart. Now watch this next part here. Look at the, next, the steps to forgive. First of all, let me say this. This is very important. I almost forgot it. Forgiveness is not forgetting. If you, could for, if you could forget it, you wouldn't need to forgive it, right? Say, okay, well, you know what, Pastor Jeff, I, I want to forgive someone, but I just can't forget it. Well, they, you, you will never forget it. You'll never forget it. So quit trying to forget it, and let's learn to forgive it. So how do you do that? Here we go. The first thing is this, is get it out. Get it out. Now, notice what I have here in your outline is tell them. So, so there's some time that you have to confront a person, and you have to be honest with them and tell them. Now, let me say this. Listen, if your grandmother, who's 99 years old, did something to you, listen, she's about to die. Just let her die in peace. <laughs> Dear God. I mean, listen, it happened 30 years ago. She did this. She's about to, don't go now. You know, maybe you need to tell someone else, but you don't have to just wreck her life. I mean, let granny go. (laughs) Tell a trusted person. You see, you can't work it out until you get it out. Rhonda and I, we went to counseling several years ago. And one of the things that we didn't realize was that we couldn't go further in our relationship because both of us had unforgiveness in our heart toward each other. And the greatest place that unforgiveness grows is in family. Amen. And we had, we had issues that we had to talk about. We had to get it out. Until we got it out, we could not work it out. And I want to challenge you. You know, uh, we, want the good stu- we want the good stuff to come out of you as well. And SEC, that's what we try to, that's what Growth Track is all about, is try to help you find the good stuff. I hope that you'll go to Growth Track. It's a step on your connection card. I hope that you will do that by the end of the year. Look at the next one with me is let it go. Let it go. Let go of the desire to get even. And that's, you see, some of you say, well, I just don't have unforgiveness in my heart. Oh, no, you don't. Publicly, you don't. You don't, you don't bash people. You don't, you don't slander them. But secretly in your heart, you're hoping that their kid doesn't make the soccer team. <laughs> that's right, secretly. You know, I hope that they fail. You, you're hoping that bad thing comes again. If the, if the truth is known, and that's called unforgiveness. You know, this is not new. Even one of Jesus' own followers had this very problem. Look what he says. The Bible says this in Matthew 18. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? He thought, man, I'm being good. Seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. That's 490 times. You know what Jesus was saying to Simon Peter? 
Quit keeping score. Amen. Quit keeping score. Amen. Because unforgiveness holds you down. It doesn't hold the other person down. They're free. They're doing whatever they want to do. But it keeps you strangled hold on your life. The last one. Let me say this. Why don't you just go ahead and make a decision to release that grudge right now? Check it on your card. I'm going to do that. The last one that I will share with you is called uh, Change the Channel. Change the Channel. Look at this picture right here. You see that picture? It's like, oh my God. Kid, I can't even see this. I want you to never forget that image because here's what it happens. Because you can't forgive it. Now, I want to ask you, does this happen to you? Sometimes I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've just prayed, I've done whatever, and I'm minding my own business. I could be working, driving my car, walking, whatever, and all of a sudden this thought about what someone done to me comes back to my mind. When that happens, I begin to feel all the emotions all over again. Is anybody tracking with me? Has that ever happened to you? I mean, you, you done prayed about it, prayed about it. Oh, Lord, I forgive them. Lord, help me forgive them. I, I release them, Lord. I've done it. Lord, you're good. Help them, Lord. But all of a sudden, you think you let it go. Then all of a sudden, it's like an arrow shoots right in your brain. And you can't help it. This chemical response of adrenaline happens, and you just get sweaty and mad all over again. You're like, I'd like to see them right now. Have those feelings? Oh, I know. I'm talking to angels. I forgot about that. It's only me. What do you do? Because, see, you would think you haven't forgiven that person if it comes back to your mind, right? But that's not true. You have chosen to forgive them. But you can't help that thought coming back in because the devil, the adversary of your soul, is going to make sure that that thought comes to your brain again. Because he can keep you down. Remember, it's a stranglehold. If he can just hold you down, almost underwater, that's what he's going to do. And that's what unforgiveness does. And so here's what you do. is You change the channel. Every time that thought comes to your mind, instead of thinking about what someone's done to you, you begin to think about what God's done for you. Somebody's going to get free. So what does it look like for me? I'll tell you what it looks like for me. I'm driving down the road, and all of a sudden I have one of those thoughts come through my mind. I go, Oof. And I start to get upset about it, and all of a sudden I remember, no, I'm going to change the channel. Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you, God, that you have cleansed me from all of my sin. You've forgiven me for so much. And, God, I just want to say thank you that you restored my marriage, oh, God, that, Lord, you provided everything I've got, the shoes on my feet, the clothes on my back. You've been good to me, God. And, Lord, I thank you that you delivered me from my past. It's no longer hold against, held against me. You're my God. Lord, I just want to say thank you in the morning. I want to say thank you in the noontime. I want to say thank you at midnight because you have been good to me. I don't have time to think about that junk anymore because you have been good to me. When you allow, when you allow those thoughts that were meant to hold you down, when you allow them to trigger thoughts that will lift you up, the devil is going to stop that one because he doesn't want you to praise God. But if you allow, if you allow your pain to turn into praise, then guess what? That pain will fade away and you'll begin to realize how good God is, how great he is, and you'll be free. You'll be free to love with all of your heart again. No more bitterness. No more pain. I am free. I am free. Thank God Almighty, I'm free. Hallelujah. You need to be free. You need to be free. You've carried it too long. Would you stand with me? Today's the day you let it go. Today's the day. 
November the 10th, 2019, right now, it's your time. Say, I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. I'm not going to hold, I'm going to let it go. It's a decision. So here's what we're going to, you're either going to say, God, I'm going to get it right with you. I'm going to let go of the shame and the guilt. Some of you parents need to get a hold of that. Some of you that can't get over with that ex-boyfriend needs to get a hold of that. You need to get over it. And I'm going to let others go. And today I'm going to give you that opportunity. And I'm going to, it's going to take a step of faith. And today you need to make it. You need to do that. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net view.net and click the give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.